Let's start with some tough love, all right? You two suck. Say my name. That's what the kids call Prissy guy with the mustache. You're listening to Inside the Gillivers talking all things Breaking Bad, El Camino, and Better Call Saul. Brought to you by Stewart Travel Guitars. See the incredible stowaway travel guitar at stewartguitars.com. Also brought to you by Idea Bench, makers of hot rod inspired pedal boards and pedal board accessories at ideabench.com. Microphones for Inside the Gillivers are brought to you by Rode Microphones. Now, please welcome your hosts, Tom Schnauz and Eric Broadbent. It's showtime, folks. Oh, there he is. We lost Peter for a second. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for our premiere oh. of Inside the Gilliverse, talking all things at Breaking Bad, El Camino, and Better Call Saul. My name is Eric Broadbent, and it comes with extreme pleasure to welcome my co-host, who needs no introduction, but we're going to give him one anyways, writer, producer, director, 2020 Emmy Award nominee, Mr. Tom Schnauz, and our first guest of the kickoff of the show. You know him as DDA Bill Oakley from Better Call Saul, actor... Peter Dyseth. Gentlemen, welcome to the kickoff. We did it. We've made it five minutes. How you doing? Incredible. <laughs> we've done Great. it. Thanks for asking Thanks me to do this, Eric, here. as a co-host of the show. It's great to be here and great to have Peter as our first first guest for this thing. This is awesome. It is. I, honor. Tickled pink. Tickled pink, to say the least. And I'll give our, our viewers just a real quick synopsis of how this came together. And this came together very, very quickly. So I had the pleasure of having Tom on the show about three, four weeks back. Um, and I've had a few of the other guests. We've had Ray and Patrick, Dave Porter from the sound, uh, you know, from the scoring. Uh, we've had uh, Charlie Baker from El Camino, just a, a great wealth of the people from the show, cast and crew. And I really wanted to carry it on. But I thought, you know what? I, I want to get some dynamic back and forth. So I'm on the highway about two weeks back, literally two weeks back. And I, uh, I voiced a text, uh, Sandra here, my wife at home. And I said, I got this idea for a show. And I want Tom to be a part of it. And then I come back home real quick and I send Tom an email and I kind of twist his arm. And then, you know, he's thinking about it a little bit. Then I made the graphics. I said, look how cool this is. And then I really twisted his arm. Next day, I get an email saying, all right, the heck with it. Let's do it. And here we are two weeks later. I've got to give a big thank you to Paul Sura, the voice you heard on that show. He's a big fan of the show. Uh, Patrick Fabian loves him. That's the voice. But we're here, man. We made it. And I'm so happy. Great people in the chat. We're going to jump over there. Uh, you know, oh, you know what? This would be this would be a really cool thing to start right off. This is a question from the audience. Uh, Lazy Gardner asked, uh, "What would be in Bill Oakley's fantasy vending machine, and what would be in yours?" Hey, that's a great one. Let's go, that Peter. That's you. Fan, fantasy vending machine. <laughs> oh my god! Um, <laughs> I let you stumped him on the first question. Season. This is good. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, this last season, there there was a, a whole sequence of the vending machine, right? I smack into it. What I get out of it is a bag of uh, like chili cheese Fritos or, or generic Fritos, whatever they're called, corn strips. Um, and I, I ate so many of those that in my mind it became like the prime snack for Bill Oakley. Like that's his favorite. So I think that the, the ideal vending machine would just be chili cheese everything. Just, uh, you know, just chips and uh, like, a, like a bars. And uh, for me... Um, God, I don't know. <laughs> I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty old school with the, the Snickers and the the Baby Ruth. Okay, Tom. Tom, how about you? Is there any is there any like kind of uh, little little things that you like that are just maybe little evil secrets when it comes to junk food? This is really not what I thought the first question would be. <laughs> but it was. It was Look, I know. Can I get, if I say what I want, am I, can I get free stuff? Like if I say I would love Snickers, will will the 
Mars Company, send me boxes of Snickers, please. We'll work on it. I'm going to go with Snickers. Okay. And I'm not sure if you guys get this in the United States. Something I like here is Big Turk. Have you heard of it? I don't think you have it. It's called Big Turk. I don't think you have it in the USA. It's kind of like a licorice uh, licorice thing in the middle with a nice chocolate. Kind of woven like a a belt look, like a woven belt. Uh, Beautiful, beautiful treat. Really nice. I'll I'll send you guys some across the border. Those we can send across the border. I'll send you guys some. Try them. Uh, Really, really nice. Um, So there's our super chat coming in already, too, from Shashank. Says, congrats on the Emmy nods. God bless you all. Here's wishing to a great season six. I'd say cheers on that as well. And yeah, we're working away. We're all in the writer's room. We're working uh, very hard on season six going forward and hoping, praying someday we will be able to shoot and be back in Albuquerque. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For everyone's sake. Ah! Well, yeah. It'll happen but, when uh, it's yeah, we want Yeah, we want to see our actors in action again soon, we hope. Agreed. And I have to apologize. I I read, I'm like Ron Burgundy when it comes to teleprompters. I read what's put in front of my face. And Sandra's texting me voice to text. And I said uh, the shout out to Lazy Gardener. It's actually Blazy Gardener. I know her. (laughs) I I called her Lazy Gardener. I'm a Lazy Gardener. But anyways, uh, so so, yeah, I'll try not to read exactly what's put in front of my face. But here's how I'd like to start off. I want to start off with you two gentlemen. Um, uh, uh, Tom, you have a great story about uh, the creation of the character, uh, Bill Oakley. So I wanted to have you maybe share us a story with that. And, um, you know, Peter, maybe you can tell us a little bit about, you know, the, getting getting the part, what it was like getting that uh, that role. And uh, you also have a bit of a funny, kind of a nervous little thing that happened with the audition and meeting somebody in a very awkward place. So we'll start with Tom on the creation yeah. of Oakley. And we'll go back to Peter and you can say what it's been like working uh, with, uh, with Tom and the character over the years. Well, the, the creation of... Uh, ADA Oakley was actually Peter Gould's creation. He was in episode 102 of uh, the very first season, and he didn't have a name. He was our petty with a prior guy. And uh, we saw auditions for that role. And I had a a character in my script, the very next script, 103, uh, called Nacho, where uh, uh, Jimmy had to talk to a guy in in a hallway and, and negotiate with him and offer him chips. Uh, for for some quid pro quo, quid pro quo. I can't even say it. And we saw Peter's audition, and he was fantastic. We loved we loved what he did in the audition, and we thought, well, let's let's use him again for the next episode, uh, which was my episode. So we I got to work with Peter for that first time, and we love his work so much that we just had to keep bringing him back. This is this is really one of those stories when we see an actor who we like. And it's really good. We all the time in the writer's room, Peter, we're like, why doesn't Peter DeSeth have his own show? Somebody's <laughs> got to pick this guy up and give him his own show, for God's sakes. We we, we love the character of, of Oakley. Um, anyway, so, yeah, we I had to name the guy and I named I named him after one of my favorite New York Knicks players, Charles Oakley. Uh, so that's how he became ADA Oakley. Nice. So nice. what you talk about that first. Uh, you came in and auditioned. Uh, what is that like? You did you self tape? I'm trying to remember because you were from Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before I dive into that, real quick, a shout out to Bill Oakley, the Simpsons writer, who about three times a week I get asked if uh, the character <laughs> Better Call Saul is named after uh, Bill Oakley, and he's wonderful. But Charles Oakley. Uh, yeah. So the audition. Uh, I was in person. I, I can't remember the first one at all. I had uh, I had an initial and a callback. And the first audition. It was just in and out. I, I don't remember anything, but the callback, <laughs> the callback was a bit of an adventure, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll truncate the story because it's, it, it's a long one, but uh, 
essentially, I, I get to the ABQ studios, which is where the callback is, and um, just super nervous. I'm there super early, and I don't know what to do with myself. I don't want to, like, wander around the parking lot, and, you know, some security guard will flash me what I'm doing, and I'll vomit on his shoes or her shoes or something. Um, and I want to go wait outside, you know, the door of the, the testing uh, for whatever. So I decided that the, the best thing I can do is uh, go to the restroom and just, like, camp out in there and, and sweat and, and, and run my lines over and over and over again in the mirror, which is funny because I only have one line. And I can't remember what it is, uh, what it was in the audition. In, in the show, it's Petty with a Prior, but it was, it was something different. But um, anyway, so, yeah, I was in the bathroom for about 20 minutes, and then it was time to leave, and I opened the door. And uh, in walks Bob Odenkirk, who I had never met or never seen before in my life. I was a huge fan of uh, for many years. I mean, I don't know what college kid didn't live off of uh, Mr. Show in the <laughs> early 2000s and then the 90s. But um, so, yeah, it was just super awkward because uh, you don't know what to do. And I'm kind of in his way. And uh, so I just kind of look him in the eyes and say, hi. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, you know, not creepy at all. No, and, and wandered away. Not at all. <laughs> it was super creepy. Yeah. Um, so then I walk out thinking, well, I'm not getting this part. Who wants to act with somebody who just accosted them in the restroom? <laughs> um, and then I find out, uh, moments later that, uh, the director of the episode, Michelle McLaren, who I've also been a giant fan of for a really long time, was actually in the room. Um, and so, and so I was just, um, at that point, knowing that I was not going to get it, like all the fear and the nerves just kind of left, just shed them. And then I went in and, and started from this neutral place. And Michelle was so great. She like actually sat and like worked with me for uh, must have been 10, 15 minutes, which is crazy um, for, for such a, a small, you know, small role. Um, but uh, no, she was wonderful. She had me try different things. Like I initially went in on my phone. And she's like, yeah, "Okay, let's try this and try that." And um, you know, by the time I left, I, I felt really good about you know about what I'd done and and, and about myself. I think she's uh, she's magic. Um, but yeah, so it was. It went from this whiplash of uh, <laughs> the bathroom to uh, to working with Michelle in the room, and um, you know, it was uh, it was an interesting day. Interesting hour. That's well, an emotional we're, role. We're very, we're very lucky to find you and get you on the show. So uh, yeah, there are there are no small roles. You never know. I, and we, you know, some somebody comes on the show and exactly. does something and is and is fun to watch and is interesting. You know, we we think well, let's tr let's try to get them in more. And this is a perfect you know perfect example in, in what what Peter did. It, that's phenomenal. And every every single time, every single time I've heard from, from my agent over the years that that show wants me back for, for, for another episode. It's like, it's like Christmas. It's like, I'm not expecting it at, <laughs> at any point for the five seasons. I'm not expecting it. I'm just living my life. And then I get this call. And say, yeah. Now working with you guys is just a absolute dream. So I, I'm, I'm lucky. And as, as we said off the air as well too, you know, everyone is such a fan of the show. Like, I mean, we see a lot of people over in our chat right now, a lot of uh, great people uh, that love the show. But everyone from cast to crew, and even if it's characters who have been killed off or have left, they still love the show and they're just so invested in it. And that is so contagious. And I think that's why we as fans and people that are doing like podcasts like this and think that there's lots of them, you know, it's just, it's so contagious. And when, if, when, you're, when you're delivering a speech to somebody or selling them a product or whatever the case may be, when the, people see that passion in your eyes, 
it's 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 a no-brainer right but here's here's a good question mm-hmm. from Catherine. Uh, Catherine asked, uh, this is generally for more so for Tom, but you can have some input as well too, Peter. Um, uh, Catherine says, after the stunt uh, Saul pulled in Wexler versus Goodman, do you think Kevin and Paige are now suspicious that Jimmy slash Saul actually altered the bank documents in order for Kim to get the Mesa Verde business? That's a good one. That is a good question. Uh, I think we discussed that in the room, but we think that uh, it was so well covered up that um, Kevin, they're not, they're not backtracking. They're, they're not going back unless somebody, unless Howard or, or somebody says something to them about, you remember those bank documents? Well, it was Jimmy McGill who, who altered them. Uh, yeah, we're, we're we think they've moved on from that yeah. moment. Okay. That was on. definitely a reflection of, uh, Charles McGill's mental state for that plot point. Yep. That's, that's, a, that's a good one. Yeah. We moved on from that one. Now, this is a question I'm going to direct more to Peter. Uh, this is coming from Kim Wexler. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the character or it's a, a fan real? account. Yeah, it could it's be the real really character. really her. Yeah, that's right. It yeah. could be could be her. Now, I'm going to ask, I'm going to direct this one to Peter just because it's a question about a favorite episode. And I mean, I mean, I, the, some of the, my favorites are some of the ones that Tom has written. And, I, and it would be a very awkward question for Tom as well, too. So Kim Wexler asks, what's your favorite episode episode in season five, Peter? What? Um, oh my god, it's, it's so hard because uh, like every episode in season five was just better and better and better than the last. Uh, and the first one started out it was amazing. Um, shoot, this is this put me on the spot. That's okay. Um, well, of course, Bagman is fantastic. Um, uh, just because it was so. Um, it was, so, it was so different. Uh, I know that's tough. It's I like you're picking know. a favorite child when you have a blank here. When, when you have a when you have several right, children, yeah. you get pick your favorite child, right? It's like, well, that one acts up a lot. That one's pretty good. That one has crazy hair. You know, it's trying to find the one that you love the most, and you love them all. But and there's so many good episodes. Yeah, it's incredible. The, the you know the finale at Lalo's place was. Uh, so astounding to me. I loved it because it's it was it, it felt like um, the whole series has felt like has this potential for violence, like which which just it just kills me. I, I love it. Like you know, Breaking Bad like really went there a lot with mm-hmm. uh, the violence, but in uh, in Saul, it's like it could happen. It could happen. Like there's it's like walking this razor line. So finally to spill over into that intense sequence. Oh my god, that was crazy. That was amazing. Um, uh, just that that feeling of of, of free fall it, finally into that um, that sort of uh, exhilaration that sort of adrenaline was uh, was amazing. Um, that being said, my, my my favorite moments have been sort of the quieter, um, more uh, conversational pieces. The uh, oh god, the also in the last episode, the finger guns from from Kim, um, and then uh, I think it was oh. Dude, I don't have it in front of me. The when when Kim confronted Lala with with Saul, uh, was that Bad Choice Road? At the end, yes, there? Yep. yeah, that scene that scene was incredible. Um, now I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just say the the, the finale there. That was that was fantastic. I'll say that one. They're all great. That was the wrong answer, Peter. So can you cut his feet, Eric? <laughs> all right. This is uh, this has gone off the rails. Yeah, 
So long, loser. I mean, bad choice road. Bad choice road. Uh, <laughs> Thomas Schnauz was by far the superior. I do have to say something about Bad Choice Road, and that's one of my favorites, and not just because my co-host wrote it, uh, but the fact, because it's a great line from you, uh, Peter, and I'm the worst at retelling jokes, and I'm the worst at retelling lines, but I had to watch that episode again last night, and I made notes, so I didn't quote it wrong. So Jimmy comes back, he's got PTSD, I mean, he's been through living hell, uh, you know, war trauma that someone like him has never, ever seen, and he'll see a lot more of that in his life, um, Saul will see. But, um, you know, he's in there, he gets called back to court, he says he's going to be there in 45 minutes, he gets there, and he's just a beaten man. Uh, you know, he loses a case that Oakley says, you know, that I was, way, I was prepared to, to lose this case to you. He loses it, and, uh, you know, you ch- not only is he beaten down, he goes, I, you chase him to the stairwell, yeah, Bill did, uh, chase him to the stairwell, Jimmy escapes, and it's like, uh, you know, I, I, I don't look at you any less, I still, I, I still consider you a lawyer, and it just, I mean, talk about kicking the man when he's down. That's that's one of my one of favorite of several scenes. And it's one of my favorite too, because because um, whenever I'm in doing doing a scene, I Peter, I don't really know what's going on in the in the in the show. Like, there's no, it's not really necessary for me to know the plot of you know what's going on with Nacho or or Lalo or 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 Kim or or Saul or Jimmy. Um, so. I didn't know he'd been through myself. <laughs> I just get this, you know, this, this scene where it's, um, you know, uh, Oakley loves to, 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 to ride the power wave when, when he's got it over Jimmy. Um, so it was, uh, it was awful and, and hilarious to me because I had no <laughs> idea what he went through either. And except for that last line, it was, that was, that was essentially a wonder. I mean, Peter just delivered the string of insults. <laughs> following after Jimmy, just one after the other, was so fun. Yeah, uh, to do that. You know, it's kind of funny too. It's That's almost good. like you know when Jimmy when uh, Jimmy did that epic, epic like rant, like spitting and freaking, losing his voice, uh, losing it on on uh, Howard. You kind of did that with a smile on your face and didn't even raise a pitch. It's almost like you know a parallel, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was just a mirror. Here, here, not, yeah, not meant to be a parallel, but you're right. It, it, yeah. it definitely is. Yeah, here's some. Yeah, I didn't ever, uh, think about that. Yeah, great questions coming in from the chat as well too. Holy sock! And there's so many great props, uh, you know, on the show. And and we're gonna go back to Breaking Bad just for a second, but it also applies to to Better Call Saul. You know, Kim going back into her desk before she quits, uh, uh, Schweikart and grabs you know the the cork or the top, whatever you call it from. Uh, but this is a question. From uh, Holy Sock, as I mentioned, asked, whatever happened to the teddy bear's eyeball in Walt's drawer? He seemed to keep it as a sign of guilt or a reminder that we never saw it in season five uh, when he moved back home. Did he just throw it away? And again, sometimes these things are speculation. We just have to assume, like, you know, what happened to uh, Walt's money after he was dead? But what happened to the eyeball? Is that something we can speculate on? And Peter, you can comment just with a fan's theory on that, too. But we'll start with Tom. Boy, did he not throw I thought he threw it away on camera. I forget, and I, I feel horrible. I thought he let it go on, on camera. Maybe the That's fans in the chat can come. Memory too, but it's been so long since I've seen that. It's, see, it's tricky for it's very tricky for me because we we used to talk about so many things, and I have memories of things existing that don't exist, of things that we talked about that I'm sure were, were shot, but they were never shot. It's yeah. very strange. <laughs> it's I really worry about my 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 brain. Did I dream it? And I swear that we. It's in the show somewhere where he takes the eyeball and tosses it in in the garbage as a sort of a chilling thing that he he moved past this horrific event. Okay, I thought we did that. Okay, and I'm 
I'm going to bet money that we did do that. Okay. So I'm some fan in the audience, please, please contact Eric and let him know that that exists. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm whether or not it's on screen. That's what happened. <laughs> I'm not a betting man. I don't gamble, but being that, uh, that Tom has the, the, the most knowledge of the three of us on the panel here right now, as far as that, I'm going to bet on, on Tom. Uh, Catherine says, can, uh, can we get some more backstory on Kim in season six? I love the flashback we had this year. And for sure, seeing her as a young teen, you know, uh, with the cello lessons and getting a bit of a trauma backstory with her mom, you know, alcoholic and things like that. Um, I think, you know, being 13 episodes, there might be some time for that. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, Kim Wexler, we'd love to explore as much as possible with her. Um, and certainly a, another flashback would be would be great. I'm not promising anything. We're still uh, we're still working things out. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Here here's a very uh, observant fan. Karina says hey, Peter has a Peter oh, has a thought. Go ahead. I just I just wanted to say something real quick before we move on from that scene because I love that scene so much. And one of the reasons I love it, and one, which is also one of the reasons I love the show so much, is at the very end of that scene when she's walking away, it's that that camera just lingers on her. Mm. Which, which helped me see it not just as a, a, something that happened in the scene, but actually like, like living in little young Kim's shoes for an extended period of time. It's like you actually have the time to think about what's happened, think about what's, you know, what's going on. And, and it's, not just, it's not just this quick cutaway to, to the present day. It's like, like, like hanging on and just watching, we, watching her walk away. Yeah. We, love our, we love our silences. We, we love to give actors their, their time on screen and just see the thought process process behind their eyes. I mean, that's something I, when I was a kid and I saw uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest and there's this great moment near the end where they just <clears throat> hold on Jack Nicholson's faces. All these things are racing through his head. He never says anything. And that stuck with me. I probably saw it when I was 11 or 12. And that's, that's always something I thought, Oh, but we just put it in our work as much as possible. Those, those moments, because you you learn so much about the character when they say nothing and just watch them. Oh you know, my! And we have such yeah. good actors on our show. I mean, my God, Ray Seahorn can can convey so much with a with an eye flicker or you know just a facial expression. She says yeah. so much by saying, you know, so few words. Nothing. Yeah, she's incredible. Agreed. Uh, and the, the, when you talk about the extended uh, focus on Kim there as well, too, then we get to hear a little bit more about Kim when she's trying to fix a deal with the floor, uh, foreclosure with the last property there with the Mesa Verde, you know, a bank, uh, you know, destruction there um, and bulldozing stuff like that. And she's like, you know, I never we never owned a place. You know, we'd be woke up in the middle of the night moving from home to home because, you know, the mom, you know, probably losing, not paying the rent, boozing and stuff like that. So you really got to really know a lot about her in, in a couple episodes. But here's a very observant fan, as I was about to say a moment ago. Karina says, Peter, I think I, I spy some Stephen King on your bookshelf uh, behind you. So she's got some good eyes. You got some Stephen King back there? This is my, uh, this is my uh, our Stephen King shelf, uh, all here and here. This is not Stephen King. This is uh, my good friend Aaron A. Craig wrote uh, a book recently called The House of Salt and Sorrows, which was just released in paperback this week. You should check it out. Thanks. Um, but yeah, a lot of Stephen King. A lot of Stephen King. Right. All of them. Another great fan question here from the really popular uh, Saul Goodman Twitter account. Obviously not the official account, but it's Saul Goodman Twitter and has a lot of followers of cast and crew. I uh, love watching uh, their tweets. It says, I have a question for Tom. Season five had the longest Gene segment yet. Uh, are we going to see even more of a Gene, uh, more of Gene in season six, possibly in color at some point? And that is, that's a great question. 
I don't know about color. We saw a little bit of color flicker in his eyes in the very first episode of the of the series where he was watching his own Saul Goodman commercials and there was a flash of color in his glasses. Um, I think it'd be really interesting to see Gene in color, but I don't know if we're going to do that. But we will definitely see more Gene because um, the the world of Gene is open ended. I mean, there's so I mean we know so much about the other characters on the show like Gus and Mike. We know we know how they end, but Gene is wide open, so we're definitely going to want to put an end to that story. And I don't think we're going to be able to do it in in a single teaser in season six. So there will be there will be some more Gene. Yeah, I've I've seen some good articles by some pretty prolific uh, you know online zines talking about saying how Better Call Saul has going to have to break some of their rules. What they've done with the opening, you know, like every every opener is of each season. So yeah, it's it, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it. Just because it's 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 so cool, and the nice thing is, I I know it's kind of a a tough one for you guys because now you've committed to thirteen episodes, and you know us us greedy fans are like thirteen. Can you give us sixteen? You know, but I mean thirteen is a haul for you guys compared to ten. But I think that does open up the doors for more possibilities. And uh, man, I mean, we're going to be in for a treat. That's all I know that for a fact. And I know no inside information. I just know we're in for a treat. <laughs> Well, we hope we don't disappoint. That's all. That's I, I'm just, no pressure. We I'm just sure. uh, we're trying to make ourselves happy first. We're always we're the first audience for the show in the writers' room, and uh, if we're happy moving on, and then luckily it's translated to the fans enjoying the show as well. So exactly, that's a good lesson for you for writers out there. Just try not to think big picture and making the big audience happy and the studio network happy. I mean, they have to be happy, but if uh, you know, please yourselves for most most of all, and then hopefully it translates to your audience exactly and tom this is something i meant that i had I, I think i shared with you after the fact after i had you on the show before we talked about doing a show together this was a little uh a cole's notes and just to show you how much um people that are great in the industry really respect now we're going to talk breaking bad just for a moment but uh, i'm a good friend of uh glamazara glamazara was a showrunner on um on uh, walking dead took over after mm -hmm. frank darabont left and then he he was uh, about a season and a half Anyways, he went on to um, produce a great show. I, it only ran for one season. I'm, I'm sorry that it didn't get picked up for a second, but Damien was a great thing. And he, I've got to hear, just pull up real quick. I got a signed script from him, from Damien. And, and where I'm going with this is he told me a great story when I interviewed him a long time ago. So they're shooting Damien in Toronto, up kind of close to me, about two hours away from me here in Canada. And Scott Wilson, uh, rest in peace, a beautiful soul, uh, Herschel on, uh, on Walking Dead. Um, he's passed away. But he was in Damien. And at the end of the day, they would go sit in their hotel. They, I don't know if they shared a hotel room, but at least they got together in one of their hotel rooms. They would sit at the end of the bed together, have some takeout, some drinks or whatever, and watch Breaking Bad. They'd binge watch Breaking Bad. I never did get a chance to share that with you. So that's a nod to you and the team there as well, too, for great uh, cinema there as well from another respected uh, writer in the business. That's nice. I've I've met Glenn. I, he's a great guy. He actually hosted a, a, a Breaking Bad panel. Yeah, the Writers Guild. Uh, with all the writers right after we finished... Uh, the final season so yeah it was it was uh, great to meet with actually it was before we finished but he, he hosted a panel and uh, he's, a, he's a real talented guy and a good guy yeah he is he's a real advocate for for uh, diversity and women in the writer's room and things like that he's, he's a champion for that so very cool uh shawshank uh, sent a super chat says question to both of you uh this is good and this is what's really cool too peter is uh, even sometimes when we're talking this is going to be better call Saul, but sometimes there might be some breaking bad questions and even though you had nothing to do with that portion of the the universe you can give some fan commentary is great, but this is uh, Better Call Saul. Shawshank says, uh, how much of Jimmy turning into Saul is the circumstance he finds himself in versus the choices he willingly makes? 
That's a good one. Uh, how about you, Peter? You go first on that one. I, I, uh, that's a big question. And I think that's one of, uh, as, a, as a fan, as a viewer, that, I think that's one of the big questions that this series asks of itself and of us, is, is how much of what we become is the circumstances we're in, how much of it is uh, of our own making. And I think, like uh, with, with Jimmy Saul, as with all of us, I, I think it's a kind of a cop-out answer, but I think it's a combination of the two. It's what you're willing, it's what you're willing to do to get what you want, but also... Uh, what what is standing in your way to get there? And you know, it's it's, it's one of the big questions. Yeah, yeah, so, for uh, sure. Yeah, that's a good answer. And 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 Tom, I mean, take yourself out. No, of the I, I mean, I think Peter Peter hit it right on the head. I mean, it's it's a combination of the two. And I never, I would never want to say that it's one or the other. I think it's really open for the. I mean, the audience should should read their own you know, what they want to put onto the show and, and not have somebody tell them that it's definitely uh, this or that. He's, you know, Jimmy McGill has been influenced by outside forces. He's been, you know, his, he has had a jealous brother who took away uh, opportunities from him when he was trying to improve his life, but he's also made a lot of really bad choices on his own. And and now the same thing is happening to Kim Wexler. She's, uh, you know, made a lot of good choices and now um, she's, uh, doing some things that, uh, uh, you know, may change her fate. For sure. And, you know, I, I looked, I looked at the, the episode in Bad Choice Road when, when Jimmy's trying to retell the story that Mike said, and this reminds me so much of me trying to retell a joke and it's like, it just falls so flat. And Jimmy's like, okay, well, see, you, you get on a road, we get on a road and we end up here or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And what you're doing is a bad choice on the bad choice road. I'm just like, man, you just ruined a great speech by Mike. You know what I mean? It totally ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> that's something we found with uh, Jimmy's character. He repeats a lot. He yeah. will try. He will, he will pick up sayings from other people and we will bring them back as, as his own in the show. And he will try to, he'll adopt things and try to make them his own. But in that case, he's, he failed spectacularly, but yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you just feel so nice. Uh, Peter, I want to ask Peter how he got, how he got started as an actor. What, what, uh, what, what was your first step? When did you decide this is what you were going to do? Uh, well, I was in high school and I was, uh, I was a big, uh, big jock, did soccer, football, basketball, all that jazz. And uh, my sophomore year, um, I had to take an elective and there was a theater class and I had some friends in there and I thought, ah, it'll be easy and fun. Cause I always enjoy, um, movies and TV and in the theater. So I, I did it. And, and unfortunately that year we had a brand new teacher at the high school who just graduated from uh, Portland University named Sean Riley. Uh, it was amazing, but he, and he took it really seriously. Like it wasn't just a, a toss off class where you, uh, you know, you put on some, some funny clothes and, and tell some jokes. It was like diving into the, you know, Stanislavski's system and, and Olaslavski and, and, and all that jazz. So uh, it just, it kind of stoked a passion in me. And then the first moment I stepped on stage playing the, the we did a, a man who came to dinner and I was the uh, Dr. Bradley and I got on stage and a telephone was supposed to ring and it didn't ring. And I was there with the main character and we had to figure out in the moment what to do until the phone rang. And it was just such a, such a rush that I just absolutely fell in love with it. Um, so I decided to, to continue on with theater and I went to, to college for it. Uh, and I moved to New York and did absolutely nothing except I got uh, a role with a, a touring children's company out of Boston. 
So I did that, traveled all over the country for a couple of years. That's how I met my wife. And after two years, we were like, ah, we're done with this. Let's go somewhere and be somewhere stationary. And she's from New Mexico. And so she said, how about, how about New Mexico? And I said, okay. So we came down here and I did theater uh, just like nonstop for uh, several years when we got here. And eventually, you know, so many of my friends were, were getting agents and, and getting into the film and television. And it's something I had always wanted to do. So I, uh, I tried. I stuck my toe in and, and then just kind of fell in the water. That's awesome. great. And New Mexico has been such a great town for us, uh, just the, just for actors and uh, just because we cast out of Texas and, and New Mexico, Arizona. Um, it's been really just really good choice of, of people to choose from. I mean, my God, just when we think we're going to run out of people, we find, you know, there more come up. It's just it's been really good. It's it's yeah, it's a it's a great talent pool, and it's a great community too. Like uh, behind the scenes, like the actors, um, they're all they're all so wonderful, and we're all friends with each other. That's great to hear. Here, here's a good question from uh, regarding Bill Oakley. Uh, if I'm pronouncing the name right, which I know I'm not, and I apologize, uh, Fadist, um, the character of Bill was supposed to be more mean. Well, was, was supposed to be more mean to Jimmy. It was kind of a little bit mean and hard on him in the in the beginning, and over the years got a little bit soft. Um, is that, is that, was, was that a writer's choice or does, did the character evolve? And that could be a question for either of you, maybe a little softer on Jimmy over the years. I don't know if that's yeah, true. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's true either. Okay. You want to go first? Cause we, we start with Petty with a prior being very hard ass, not giving in. And then, uh, we end up with, uh, chasing Jimmy down the hall saying, you're going to have to change your name again, loser. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess you got to, you know, he's been pretty consistently when he's at the upper hand, he's taken it. And when he's been down, you know, it's, uh, you know, he, he crumbles a little bit, especially when, you know, uh, the pressure's on and he knows he's, you know, Kim is threatening to, you know, tell the judge that, uh, you know, things weren't, weren't done in a proper fashion or whatever. He's, he's given in. So he, he has his ups and downs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess. I, I, I was going to say it, it's uh, it's really dependent on on the uh, the power dynamic of the scene of the episode of the season. Like in that very first one, Jimmy was you know essentially like nothing, and I, I uh, Oakley had the power, so he was able to to be a little gruffer, I guess. I think I think what it is is there's less maybe less humor in in that sequence than in in later sequences, um, but but it's just uh, it's just a moment. Right. But it's even not the telling of the yeah, my my yeah. first episode with Peter, he is uh, he's coming out of a bathroom stall, having just taken a dump, and yeah. and, and Jimmy's <laughs> on him saying, "I need you to you know make this deal, make this deal." And uh, as if I remember, Oakley says, "Well, he 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 ran his car and he killed two people and ran his car into a shopping mall." And and Jimmy's like, "You were talking about a whole different guy. You're not even paying attention." And he gets angry at Oakley. Who finally gives in? So there's, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, yeah. Oakley's, Oakley's got a lot on his mind. Down. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> a lot of cases. Speaking of Oakley, and again, certainly, you know, we wrote the we wrote the character before knowing Peter. Now seeing Peter in the role and seeing what he does with it influences the writers of how where they take the character in future episodes. Ag agreed. Agreed. And here's a question for Oakley. Uh, the character. So this is from Eamon. Uh, Eamon Y says, question for Peter, excuse me if it was asked already, but uh, how do you feel the character has shaped out and evolved? P 
personally. I know you, as, as Tom just said, you know, as they see what you can do, what the character can do, and, and you as the actor, they can write and, you know, throw more ideas at you that they might not have had before you took that spot. But how do you think Oakley has evolved? I'm glad you asked. I have some notes, Tom. <laughs> not really. Uh, I love it. I love it. it it's great. It's uh, every, every you know writer I've worked with, Tom and, and uh, Jennifer Hutchinson and and and, and and everybody has just given me such amazing, uh, hilarious, uh, interesting uh, you know words to work with. It, it, it's fantastic, and I love I love uh, finding out when I get the the script pages for the first time where that power dynamic is is currently because it's it's just so much fun to play it's so much fun to play sort of the 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 underdog and it's so much fun to play uh, lording it over over jimmy no i i love it i love how it's where it's going and no matter where it goes is um and i trust that it'll be fantastic one of my favorite moments with peter is when uh he hears he hears that jimmy has gotten the job at uh, davis and maine and he's got his (laughs) own personal (laughs) assistant named omar and it's just oh it's just so sounds so good. Just, you just that's the moment I I really felt for for Oakley just trapped in this system, this grind, yeah. this courthouse, yeah. <laughs> and and Jimmy yeah. escapes it, but then he throws it all away like a dummy. Yeah, <laughs> we're making. I love that sequence too. We're making a joke on social media today. I think Tom, you said it. You said I don't know what it smells like in the Gilliverse, but that reminded me back of that scene. And I was like, yeah, I think it smells like Coca Bolo. Because that's that desk that he wanted to have. That that I don't know what's so special about it, but the Coca Bolo desk. So until we're proven otherwise, it smells like Coca Bolo here in the Gilliverse. And just so people, in case this is that's my that's my James Lipton question. Is I'm going to ask everyone, what does it smell like in the Gilliverse? Now that you're in it, what does it smell like to you, Peter? <laughs> Coca Bolo. Uh, we have not su- like Satan's bungalow. Yeah, yeah. We have such an, an amazing amount of questions coming in, which I know we won't be able to get to. We got about 15 minutes left in the program. Um, I'm going to try to get through some of these as well, too. Uh, And I I know that a lot of times these are speculation. We can't answer questions. Uh, Sometimes you guys might not even know uh, the writers, but certainly even if you did know, you would not be able to address a question. But we'll just spitball here a little bit. This is from Ovo Jacob. Sends a super chat. Says, will we get a scene with Lalo and Tuco? That would be something. That would be something. And again, I I can't really talk about any of season six. Yep. So we're wide open. Awesome. As a fan, uh, all of us here on the panel, I'm thinking that'd be that'd be cool to see. But yeah, certainly can't speculate on uh, what we can't say what's coming and what's not coming. Um, we were very we were very lucky to get Ray Cruz uh, for a couple episodes early on. You know, it's he's a you know he's a he's a popular actor, hard to get. You know, but uh, we'll you know we can always see what happens. Exactly. And here's a good question from Paul Sura. Paul is the voice of our show here. Nice to have him do that for us. He says, um, asked because of how unfairly Skylar White um, could be judged at times from fans during Breaking Bad, was there ever, a, and she, she got a lot of hate mail, that the, act, the uh, Anna got some hate mail over some of that. Makes um, me so mad! I know, right? People just can't separate the character from, and that's, okay, that goes to how good the writers are. When you love or hate an actor, a character so much, I mean, you don't hate that person. It's that writer that's doing, and I'm not just pointing to Tom, I'm virtually pointing to the writers out there in the world. Uh, th- that's the writer's story, and that's a good story. But anyways, um, so she was hated and could be judged at times uh, by fans during Breaking Bad. Was her conscious decision from the Better Call Saul writers to develop Kim's character as more likable to the fans? Fantastic question. 
No, I don't even remember what point I, I heard about this. Uh, I mean, just despicable. I mean, that Breaking Bad was a wonderful, amazing experience. That was the absolute worst part of the whole thing was, was the bullshit that Anna Gunn experienced because she portrayed a character who was in Walter White's way to get what he wants. So she had hate heaped on her. It was, it was, it was disgusting. And I, I mean, I mean, it didn't, again, it, it felt like it was later seasons that I heard about it. We had already, already made, you know, Skylar, I mean, uh, yeah, Skylar's arc was already changing where she was getting more involved in the money laundering and the car wash. I feel like we were doing that before I started hearing about this other crap. Um, so, I mean, we don't, we try not to let outside voices influence what we do in the writer's room. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we, I just never want, I, that makes me sick. I never want to hear that happen to any of our actors. Yes. To playing a role <laughs> and to, wow. you know, to, to make it personal against somebody is just, you know, these people are, you know, <laughs> trying to live their lives and, and, you know, they, feel good about the, the work they're doing and have hate heaped on them for no reason. Uh, Agreed. I didn't, did not, was not happy. It was not a happy time. No, for anyone, especially yeah, in, in the camp. Um, Tom, you had a note as well, too. There's a, a good question that you wanted to bring up about um, rehearsing with, with Peter, with, uh, with Bob and Ray. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, Peter's talked about it on, uh, on his Twitter feed often. I mean, love to hear you voice about what it's like. Um, uh, Bob is very, very good about, Getting gathering actors and and going over lines. I mean, these guys come to set with their homework prepared. I mean, it's it's as a director, it's the best thing possible to to have these guys come in and just nail the scene. So, what's what's that like, Peter, in the rehearsal process? Well, it's amazing. First of all, because uh, I uh, maybe I'm blanking, but I can't think of any other any other show I've worked on that I've. I've been contacted by you know one of the leading characters to, to ask to, to rehearse uh, offset, so uh, it's 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 such a, a luxury. <laughs> so lucky. Um, so the first time uh, I have I have rehearsed with both Bob and and um, and Ray. Uh, Bob's assistant called me. It's season three. It was kind of our first uh, multiple scene, longer scenes. It was uh, I think the one in the jail and uh, the trans fat in the hallway. And so I'm called to rehearse. And at the time, I was a stay-at-home dad with a, as a young baby. And so I couldn't, I couldn't go to the set to rehearse with him. Um, but uh, um, he's a great guy. He offered to, to come to me. And there was, a, in our building, there was a, kind of a, a theater space. And so he came and, and uh, with his assistant and, and we rehearsed and I had, uh, you know, my daughter at one point strapped to my chest while we were rehearsing and he could very easily have been annoyed by that. Um, but instead he, uh, I think I said this in the, on Twitter or whatever, but uh, he started doing his lines in a funny voice and like, like, you know, playing to, to her, my daughter, and she was just laughing. So it was, uh, <laughs> it was a great experience just as a dad. But also, uh, as an actor, just to be able to come with this, uh, this set prepared. Because I think also, um, because we took the time to rehearse those particular scenes, when we shot the, the hallway portion, we ended up, the first like half of it is, is basically a, a wonder, I think. But because, because we had, 
Bob had called me and we'd had the opportunity to, to rehearse it so much that we were able to, to sort of nail down pacing and, and, you know, the various levels. So that preparation uh, actually helped, you know, not just my nerves and confidence, but uh, actually helped uh, kind of speed the, the, the shooting along. And then the next season, season four, uh, uh, Ray also uh, contacted me about rehearsing. And she was also kind enough to, to come to me when I had uh, a kiddo. So it's just been, it's been, yeah, I'm a lucky fella. Wow. Well, I mean, we're all lucky. I mean, it's just great when any anybody who gets to work on a, on a TV show and, and has actors like these who who care about the show and want to be prepared, because we have limited time to shoot these episodes and get things done and get them right yeah. and get as many shots as we want. So the more time the actors put in to, again, using the phrase, doing their homework, the better off we are yeah. and the crew is. Um, to admit to to get these things uh, on tape and and get them right. Mm-hmm. Here's a uh, super chat question from Shawshank says: In Breaking Bad, do you believe Saul we see as a mask for him to shut the tragedy tra- tragedy of his life, or do you think by season six he has completely become that person? I think he's probably pretty darn close now. Yeah, I mean that's something we're still exploring in the writers' room. Is that uh, you know is is he using Saul to cover up some some horrible pain that's happened or is he completely transformed is does the mask become the man? I mean, that's, uh, he, he usually, he definitely uses as a mask at first and it's a way to draw in a certain clientele. But, uh, yeah, by the time we get to breaking bad, it's, it looks like, uh, he's become that person. So we're, we're still, we're still transitioning. That's what season six is going to be about is getting those last few steps to, uh, to Saul Goodman being the guy who will, who will uh, offer up, you know, murder as an option <laughs> yeah. to deal Belize. with the problem. Going to Belize, take a trip to Belize. Yeah. Uh, here's a question from Ovo, a super chat, and I'm going to direct this one to Peter here as well. Um, so this is a Breaking Bad question. So this is just fandom here. Uh, it says, do you think Walter mm-hmm. White could outsmart Lalo? Oh, there's there's a kitty that we, we were told about. Okay, first introduction. We need an introduction. This is June. This is June. <laughs> She's been all over the room. And, ah, okay. She's done. That was June. <laughs> Sorry, what now? Okay, okay, so this is a question from Alvo. says, do you think Walter White could outsmart Lalo? Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's a tough one. Yeah. Did we just put this animal, animal view, so I just want to make sure that we didn't, uh, we're not going to be shut down by... Yeah, the exactly. <laughs> I think Which is what happened? Oh, I was nudging her because she's scratching our, our little cubby hole. She scratches the, the, the furniture. I was not kicking her. No, I know, we know <laughs> that. We know that for sure. That's what you say. I think I saw otherwise. But anyway, let's move on. We're going to call. But no proof. That's right. Just, we only have a few minutes left, but I, there's a couple of questions that came in through on a, one, a couple of our last shows, and even one with Tom. And I was want, I feel really bad if I don't ask those from some of our fans. Um, uh-huh. We're going to do a speed round here real fast um, from Nat Romero on Twitter. How come Jimmy knows so much about filmmaking? Granted, he's a big movie fan, but he really seems to know how to direct. Uh, he even knows more than his film crew. They listen to the Beyond, uh, Better Call Saul podcast and things of that nature. So was it was it written into the into the script that he was just a natural talent when it comes to uh, filmmaking? I, I mean, he is a huge film fan, and you learn things from watching films. But then there's other episodes when he doesn't. He's asking for a movie. He doesn't understand that he needs a dolly. He doesn't understand what a green screen is. So he is he has his own things that he's learned from watching movies, but he doesn't really understand a lot of the technical parts of it. So he, he knows, but he doesn't know. So there's a, there's a mix of things going on there with Jimmy. Okay. And directing. Good answer. 
Uh, for, uh, also from Nat Romero, this would be for, for Peter because you're, you're right in the middle of it. Uh, what's the best time to visit Albuquerque? Weather-wise, seems like it's either scorching hell or freezing cold, <laughs> or there are sandstorms. Is there, is there a good time if we want to uh, visit? That's exactly. There's, th- there's three seasons. There's scorching hell, there's freezing cold, and there's sandstorms. No, um, good question. I don't know. It depends on what you like to do. October is nice, but it's also uh, the big balloon fiesta. Yeah, balloon so festival. Million people, literally millions of people. Uh, probably not literally millions, but uh, um, October. The weather is nice. Uh, March, April, I guess. Uh, it's before the the big, big winds come, and it's not too hot, not too cold. Okay, that's my speed answer. That's good. That's all we need. That's good. Uh, from and this is this will be more of a, hypo- a hypothesis here. This was uh, meant for Peter Gould when he was on the show. But Tatiana Raskazova, man, I'm really stretching my uh, my pronunciations. But this was for Peter Gould. But is there any connection between Kim's fate and the adventure of Mabel? Uh, maybe Tom uh, has a, a, an idea on that. I have no idea. <laughs> we'll talk I apologize. To, no, it's okay. We'll talk to Peter again sometime in the end down the road. And and if I'm this, uh, sometimes I get these wrong. I'm being texted to speech from Sandra upstairs. And she's saying, it's Christina from Casting on Breaking Bad, Tom. I miss guitar time. <laughs> is, that, is that an old friend? Say the name again. Christina from Casting on Breaking Bad. Oh, from Casting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. It's been a while, yes. Nice. Um, and I, I do apologize. We apologize. For, there's so many questions that are coming in. Maybe sometime we can try to work out kind of a... Uh, off the air type of a thing. We can do some questions. We'll try to recap some of the ones that didn't get answered. And cause there's so many great questions that come in. And, uh, I mean, we're only four minutes away from the end of our first show, 60 minutes. I, even when I told Tom, Tom, when he come on the first time, he's like, I just signed up for 60 minutes for a live interview. What the hell did I commit to? And it went by in 15 minutes and it doesn't feel like that to you tonight, Peter. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> it, it, we, didn't, it, we didn't even living hell. To, uh, no, you could be, you could be, you could be honest. Peter. Or, uh, <laughs> talk about music or uh, no I, I, i'd be happy to come back again no i had a good time thank you what is and i didn't know you play guitar so we need, you need to yeah we need to get a, a soul band together <laughs> i'll do the uh, i'll do the g and the d chords we got, we got three guitar <laughs> players here <laughs> i would have never known it i would have never known. i didn't i didn't know you played guitar until i saw some of your instagram stuff and then tom tom that's what tom and i kind of put the the motions in play because we both use some similar gear, you know, and that, so that got the ball rolling in that as well too. But this has been an absolute pleasure. I think I think it's probably safe to say I can just switch over to a screen for a second. We'll talk about next week's guest as well too. We have this guy here. You might know him as Ignacio Varga, Nacho Varga. Michael Mando will be joining us next week, same time, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. We'll be looking forward to that. And uh, another musician. What's it? What is it with all these these people that work in the business here that are musicians? I, I don't get it. Good talent, right? Know. You want to be rock star? Something you can do at home <laughs> between gigs. There you go. That. There you go. So we'll look forward to that. But um, I, and again, I apologize to all the wonderful people in the chat. First of all, thank you so much for not only watching our first episode tonight uh, and and sharing on social media. I've been I've been seeing the shares. It's been absolutely insane. Uh, thank you to the uh, the folks at uh, AMC of Breaking Bad and uh, Better Call Saul social media teams. They've been great this week with us, uh, sharing all kinds of stuff. Tom, thank you. And as um, uh, Daniel Knight pointed out, he saw one of my tweets earlier. I, I really got to thank the, the people. I think they're the most important behind this. Our, our better halves uh, here as well too. Uh, Tom and I are very very blessed. Um, you know, uh, to Kristen and to Sandra Lee. It just we couldn't do it without you. I know. You know, we're taking time away from our families. And uh, we're blessed to have the support 
and you know that's that's where the success comes from so thank you to those beautiful ladies and uh i'm actually amazed we got through a show without my children running in hey that's like okay. they did last time <laughs> that, that was great that was great and i and we got a lot of good comments over that as well too because neither you or i flinched we just kept on going you know because i'm a family guy you're a family guy where uh, peter is right and uh, it, it's family, man. I mean, no, the, the Breaking Bad family can, you know, sometimes, okay, kids got to go to sleep. We're going to watch Breaking Bad. You know, Better Call Saul, we can get away with it a little bit more, and the kids can sneak in, and there's some things on the screen. It's not so violent, right? But it's a family show. We've always professed that here on the channel, even when I do other shows. But, uh, yeah, this has been an absolute fun. And, and Tom, I got to give a big thanks to you as well, too, uh, for taking a chance on this. And I know I twisted your arm, but I, I'm trying to make it as easy as possible for you. And it's fun. I love it. I, I'm hoping to get uh, be an influencer and get some people to follow me who might do things for me, like rob banks or commit murders, and just follow my lead. And then, you know, who knows what will happen after that? Uh, you know, I'll you run go. for politics or something. Hey, there you go. That that wouldn't be a bad idea either. Uh, but we won't go down that road. That's a, that's a bad choice road. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave that one alone. You, see, you get on this road, and there's good choices and bad choices. And there I go. We're failing on that one miserably. But Peter, it's been an absolute pleasure. In just a moment, we're going to say goodbye to you off here, oh, so don't go away. You. Everyone. Thank you, Peter. Thank you so much. Good Episode back. one in the books. We've got some surprises for you, as we told you, Michael Mando, next week. We won't say who else is coming next, but there, we do have some surprises. Be sure to watch uh, Tom's social media and ours here on MGN channel on Twitter and uh, here on the YouTube, of course. We'll post some things here as well, too, and we'll be back same time again next week. Everyone, have a safe and uh, very safe weekend. Please use judgment out there. I'm not going to be a, a, you know, a preach to anyone what to do for safety, but just be safe. And uh, the, the safer you are and everybody else is out there listening, there you go, okay? Yeah, I don't have mine with me. Nice. It's in the, in the bathroom. Hey, Matt. <laughs> but I'm going to be selfish here for a moment. The more safe that we are out there, the safer all these men and women get to go back to work and bring the show back that we love so much. Because the more you we want to work. Yes, exactly. want to work. Exactly. Thank you, everyone. I'm going to say goodbye to you all off the air here. We'll see you next week. Same time. Same channel. And until then, cheers. Thanks again for tuning in to Inside the Gillivers with Tom and Eric. Be sure to check back each week for more great discussions and interviews with cast and crew from Breaking Bad, El Camino, and Better Call Saul. 